Five things you need to know if you want to move into enterprise SEO with Gus Pelogia. The InSearch SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps scale your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Are you a successful SEO that works for a small or medium-sized business? Would you like to work for an enterprise, but are you a little scared of enterprise SEO versus what you're currently doing? Today, we're going to be discussing five things you need to know if you want to move into enterprise SEO. With a man who's worked in-house and at digital agencies in Argentina, the Netherlands and Ireland. He currently works at the number one job site in the world, overseeing over 250 million unique visitors every month. A warm welcome to the Inside SEO podcast. SEO Product Manager at Indeed.com, Gus Pelogia. Hi, everyone. Hi, David. Uh, thank you for inviting me for this podcast. And uh, let's talk about the enterprise SEO. Let's, let's go for it. Um, great to have you on, Gus. Well, you can find Gus over at Gpelogia on LinkedIn. So, Gus, how different is enterprise SEO to doing SEO for a relatively small business? Um, I think... So I've been on the enterprise world for around five months now, right? So I, I've been in SEO for more than 10 years, but the enterprise universe is very, very new to me. Um, of course, you bring a lot of the knowledge that you already have, but there are things that are very, very different from everything that I've done before. And I think the main difference for me, uh, or at least the, the main thing, the main difference that I feel uh, over this uh, first five months is that I don't feel that I'm carrying everything in my shoulders. Um, you know, when you work for maybe a smaller company or when you are the only person um, in an account or, or in-house, um, you know, if something's not going on the pace that people want, um, everything just falls into you. And as we know, SEO, uh, it's quite uh, interdisciplinary, right? So mm. you need some help from a developer, you need some help from a designer and, and so on. But uh, or from a copywriter, but if you're doing everything on your on your own, um, I you know time to time would find myself just calling favors and hoping someone that has a different OKR or a different KPI uh, finding time to help me on on things. And now I sit in a place that I have a team of engineers, I have a team of UX people, um, I have uh, several um, writers that are specialized in in the job seeking your employment world. So I, I feel like I have all the resources that I need. I'm not really calling favors anymore, but rather than just collaborating with people that also have similar goals uh, than, than I have. Yeah, I think that even if you don't want to en end up being an enterprise SEO for decades, I think it's uh, a still a, a good set of experiences that you can gain by being in a large SEO team working for a single company uh, compared with working in an agency or compared with working in a smaller business. Uh, to your point about um, not everything being in your own, uh, on your own shoulders, that that's... Um, must be appealing to people as well, because I'm, I'm sure every SEO who's worked in a small business has been a little bit scared when they've um, woken up one morning and suddenly found all the rankings tanked and thinking, oh no, okay, what do I have to do here? And, and it's just them that is responsible for finding out what the issue is and how, how to actually repair everything. Today, though, you're sharing five things you need to know if you want to move into enterprise SEO. So starting off with number one, how to pitch. Uh, yeah, so... 
I started, so even though I've only been at Indeed for five months, I started on the SEO content team and then uh, I was um, offered a position as, um, as a product manager uh, within SEO still. So I, I found myself uh, taking initiatives that I have to run with engineers uh, and also getting to that state while we need to, you know, what are the big bets we're going to have uh, over the next few months? So it was again, oh, okay, I need to do a lot of research here and find things that are interesting and things that will, you know, involve a lot of different teams. And if I want to get those things moving forward, it's different from, well, we want to write about those um, 10 topics. Okay, let's move those keywords or this, you know, these topics to, to a different team and they're going to write things. Uh, now I have to do things that will involve a few different teams. So back in the days working in an agency, if I'm, you know, pitching for, uh, to get a new client, I would put a few slides and you, you can put a few numbers in there. But the conversation mostly go over the slides, right? What's the flow, the story that you're selling them? Now I, I caught myself doing very long uh, Word documents, um, explaining this is what has to be done. This is how it has been done in the past. This is why we are not doing well. And I have to dig into a lot of metrics and a lot of numbers. And even before, you know, this is ready to go, I'm, you know, meeting people from different teams and hearing their opinions and trying to get that space, trying to get that buy-in um, while things are still on the research phase. So I have a few you know, big bets for now until the end of the year. And instead of having you know, 10, 20 slides about why we should do them, I have a five to 10 page documents uh, explaining what we want to do. This is how it's going to work. Those are the teams who will be involved and, and so on. So the the conversation goes in a, on a different way. I have uh, managers of my managers uh, jumping on these documents and say, you know, I don't believe in this or how are we going to measure this? So you get a different type of feedback because you're not just moving forward with, uh, with an idea, but you're going to take time off a lot of different people, um, which I, I mean, it might just be because it's new uh, to me, but I find it a lot more interesting to actually put this together instead of, you know, spending time on, on, on slides, which, which is also interesting, but it, you might sometimes spend more time making the slides pretty than actually telling the story uh, that you want to tell to get buy-in. So I presume that you're pitching to top-level executives in the marketing department, or perhaps even top-level level executives who aren't even actively working in the marketing department on a day-to-day basis. What sort of metrics are wrong to include as part of an SEO pitch deck when you're trying to appeal to people who may not necessarily understand every intricacy of um, SEO? Yeah, um, so I'm at, at the moment for, for some of these, I'm pitching to different themes within my product. So I'm pitching to uh, engineers, I'm pitching to UX team, I'm pitching to, uh, to content quality teams. And you're right, like they don't live inside of SEO, so they don't know, you know, the details of, uh, you know, pages that are crawled or indexed or, you know, position of internal linking and, and those different things, uh, because that's not what they do. So it doesn't matter for them that much. But I, I'm, I'm always going back to the top level goals. So at the start of the year, it has been defined. We need this amount of traffic or this we need this amount of account creations. And so all the teams are working together 
towards the same goal. So, um, as as you said, like uh, I need to put put together estimations of how much we can get based on this or based on that. Yeah, it's a great piece of advice. I love that because the marketing department as a whole, the business as a whole, will have these top level goals that they want to achieve. And if you're not aligned to that, then that's going to be a straight no, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so um, internally at Indeed, we, we have our own um, analytics platform and you can query a lot of different things. So even if I'm still on a pitching phase for, you know, something new that I want to develop, I can already share uh, a link for for that analytics page or for that query to say, you know, this is how we're going to track it. So, you know, someone from a different department or my boss can come back into three months, six months and see how the project is going. And it's, and a, it's a platform that everybody is familiar with within the company. So you don't have this thing like, oh, you know, SEOs are using uh, one a QR tracking tool or a search console and a different team is using something else that calculates things on a slightly different way. And you have those conversations that are people are not talking the same language. Um, but, you know, because we all use um, the same software, the same source of truth, then those things move a bit faster. And number two is business acumen. So what, what specifically are you talking about there? I think there are a few interesting things on, on this. And that's something that I've, I've tried to do before, but uh, it didn't work as well it's working now. But, you know, I'll give an example. There's a project that... Um, when I, when I joined, there was a project already in motion um, to do a certain thing. And as I started learning about the SEO pitch for that project, I realized that there were three different teams trying to get into the same place. Uh, they were classifying things on, on a different way, uh, but the final goal was always the same. And as I, you know, I took over the idea that it was already happening in the SEO universe, and on my first week as a product manager, um, someone from this other team comes to me and already, you know, wants to have a meeting with me. And I'm like, okay, well, I just started. I'm still getting used to things. And then I realized that what she was doing was she was pitching to me her view of that project. And as I, you know, it took me a couple of days to realize, oh, you know, she's advocating for her view on this. And... And it's fine, you know, but I thought it was very smart just to for her to come in on, you know, let's get this guy or this new person as they just join in and, you know, first build that relationship and second, show how this idea that I have um, can bring us further. And, you know, it wasn't too hard to realize that the view she had and the, the process she had was a lot better than the one, the other ones that we had, even the SEO one. So... Do I want to fight to own a project and just to say, you know, SEO is driving this or do I want to join on, on a view that is on a, on a system that is a lot more sustainable and scalable and, you know, just join a project that is a clear winner. Um, so that's, that's what we did. And I think this is where the, you know, the, the business intelligence comes in and you might realize over time or in certain situations that it's better for someone else to lead a project and you can still give your SEO input. Um, but SEO might not always be, you know, the best thing to, to solve something. And number three is test and document everything. So, so what are maybe one or two key elements that SEOs typically don't document enough? 
And also, what procedure do you recommend in terms of going about documenting it? What, what software do you use? How, how do you go about doing it? I think we have our own internal tools for, for some of these, um, which are not, are not relevant for, uh, for everyone. But I would always look for a central place. So let's say if you use Google Analytics, um, you can even share the specific um, Google Analytics page, right? Because some people will go to, I don't know, sources and some other people will sort by segments um, or someone else will, you know, you have another internal tool that you look at, uh, I don't know, trials or different things. So, you know, you can tell many different stories depending on the source that you're looking at. So you need to find first the source that has information, the, the, the best source of truth. And like I worked in cases where I would look at Google Analytics and say, but, uh, you know, trials are up, but you look at, you know, the engineers are looking at an internal tool they built and that's a source of truth. So I could tell as much as I wanted about Google Analytics, it would not, um, you know, it would not be a winner. I could say that things are great here, but it wouldn't work. Um, one thing that I do track or, you know, my, my team uh, does track really well is internal linking. So the places we are using internal linking or new things that you're trying, um, that is always tracked really well. Uh, changes that are doing pages. So you're trying new page titles or you're trying new modules or, or on different things. You know, everything uh, is tracked on one way or another. And that's a tracking that everybody's familiar with. So, you know, I don't have a, a UTM tagging that um, a different team doesn't use. Uh, we all use the same tools to, to analyze those things. So even if I pick a project that uh, uh, a different team was working on, I can look at the tagging they did when they did and what they're trying to achieve. Um, and I can even, you know, adjust the, the query on, on a certain way to, you know, look at a, at a different angle. But essentially we, we use uh, all, you know, the same tool to measure things. Um, and the thing that I, I'm measuring quite a lot now is just the power of internal links, you know, different places that you put in and numbers and so on. And when you say measuring the power of internal links, what are you measuring it against? Are, are you measuring them against specific target rankings for target keyword phrases on different pages and the impact that an internal link has on that? Yeah, pretty much. So do you want to see, you know, if pages that you're adding more links, are they getting the you know, index quicker? Uh, do they get, uh, you know, a higher, uh, they, do they improve in rankings or do they improve in, in traffic that you're, that you're getting? Um, you know, are you, are we testing different things on a page maybe? Um, so yeah, but it's essentially the, the reason behind tracking is the same as you would expect from SEO. Are we getting more traffic? Um, but what I, what I love that we do is that everything's tracked. So we are changing page titles. Um, someone is tracking, we are adding videos to a page to see if people stay longer on a page that is tracked as well. So, you know, I can quickly do a query and I know that, you know, all of these videos, all, all of these pages in these countries, they have videos or all of these, um, pages in these countries have, uh, two different titles or even more deep, uh, do these pages have, a a specific CTA than, than a different one and, and things like that. And number four is meet everyone you can. Does that apply to working from home as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this might, you know, this is relevant in, in any company, I would say, um, even if it's a small company. Um, 
but you know i actually just just have like a good example from last week um i wanted to meet uh, a ux uh team lead and i didn't have anything to talk uh specifically like i didn't have a project or initiative that i'm trying to convince him to get on board to get excited about um i just you know, wanted to see, you know, I, I saw that he lived in, in Amsterdam for a couple of years. Um, I lived there as well. So you kind of want to bond with the person and understand, you know, who is the person behind all the those tickets that you're creating. And and as he gave me an example of, oh, you know, this is, a, you know, if you need it to create a ticket later, here's an example of a, a well done ticket. And I realized that, you know, this example, it's something that I had in mind to actually do in a couple of months from now and it's already happening. So things that are relevant to SEO or, you know, in this case, they're also relevant to an user landing on the page. Those things were already in development. So I might want to move other ideas that I have as part of this project. If something, this piece is already, is there, if this piece is already moving, I can just add something new to it. So let's say if I have bigger projects on UX, I don't know, we want to add a uh, um, time on page or sorry, uh, you know, how long it takes to read this article. So, okay, this would fall into a bucket of, you know, we are making, um, I don't know, user changes on, on this page. So we want to make this page, you know, easier for, uh, for people to read. So, okay, if this piece was in my mind, but they're already doing something else related to this, I could just add, create a few more tickets and turn this into a bigger project. But because things are already in motion, I already know that the maybe part of the, the hard sell already happened. So I can just jump in and join this instead of maybe in three months having to start all over and put another pitch document and, and see what happens. And number five, find ways to do things at scale. So what's an example of that? I think simple things, uh, you know, you want to update page titles. Um, like back in the days, for me, uh, I would just always manually go and update it. Unless if you just want to add, uh, I don't know, indeed.com at the end of every page, right? That's easy. Um, but if you if I want to test, I don't know, five different uh, templates for, for titles, now I know that, you know, I, I don't need to go manually and, and update all of them. I know that this can be done um, by an engineer or if I want to simple things like you want to add a list of uh, tags on your keywords. Uh, that's something that uh, SEO tools allow you to do, but it's something simple. Um, I think just one more example that I would like to share on, you know, doing things at scale is something as simple as page titles. Um, if you just want to add, let's say, your brand at, at the end of all page titles, that's something very simple and easy to do. Um, but if you want to test 10 different uh, templates for titles, you want to see how people react to seeing uh, the number of jobs on, a, on on the page title, or if you, you know, put something like, a, you know, buy now or, or something like this, but you want to try different styles, uh, that's something that you can do at scale, right? So I could select... Uh, 200 pages uh, on in four different buckets and have the template and just give to my engineers and say, you know, update this. You're going to add part of the H1 as um, part of the title or, or we're going to pick some other element on the page that will 
transform this template into something more meaningful. If a brand, for example, wanted to change their page title to do a Black Friday sale and say 50% off or something like that to catch people's eyes click through, how quickly can they expect Google to replace the title if the if the sale is over and they want to change it back again? Um, I, I think it would just be a matter of days, really. Is it possible to control it um, a little bit more closely than that and 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 try and time it to within a few hours because obviously if something's if, if, if your title says 50 percent off you you don't want someone to click on it if that's not what you're offering that is true that is true um i think now we have two two cases in here because one google is just picking whichever title they want if they mm-hmm. don't don't trust the title that you put there um my second way let's say if we change the title and Google picked the new title, I would go to Search Console and 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 once you change the title, I would go back to Search Console and ask Google to crawl that page again and see if that change happened. Um, you'll probably have other elements on the page. So if, maybe if your uh, H1 also had something mm-hmm. related to Black Friday and it's not there anymore, Google might just make that connection to the title and the header are not seeing this anymore. So this page is not about Black Friday anymore. Great thoughts. Well, let's finish off with... The Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? Um, I think internal linking is the is an easy uh, winner here. Um, it can be done without um, engineering resources. And... You know, you don't need a lot of developers to to do that work for you. Um, it can add, often it can also just be done straight away. You go as a, as an SEO, you can map all the pages and opportunities that you have. Um, you can do uh, maybe a, a, a crawl with Screen Frog that it will include a custom extraction and say, you know, every page that I say um, find jobs, uh, I can um, get that link. So it, it's very easy to map. Um, and also if you want to do it scale, um, it's also possible to, to be done. So, um, I don't think it's something too hard to do. You can do without, um, a lot of resources and I've seen having really good results every time that I did. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Gus over at G Pelogia on LinkedIn. Gus, thanks so much for being on the InSearch SEO podcast. Uh, thank you, David. Um, hopefully my uh, insights were useful. If someone is considering a move to um, Enterprise SEO, uh, please uh, reach me out on LinkedIn or on Twitter uh, at uh, Pelogia, and I can give you more pointers, maybe help you with your interview um, if you think that you know what I said was relevant and could help you. And that's it for me. Um, thank you for having me on Rank Ranger again, and uh, we'll chat soon. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com.